Uh, So our reading today is in Mark chapter 4. It is the parable of the sower, starting at chapter 4 and verse 1. Once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, so he got into a boat. Then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Listen, a farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the, feed, some of the seed fell on a footpath and the birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow. But the plant soon wilted under the hot sun and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants so that they produced no grain. Still other seeds fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Later, when Jesus was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parables meant. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Then Jesus said to them, if you can't understand the meaning of this parable, how will you understand all the other parables? The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly The message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things, so no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much as had been planted. The word of the Lord. Hey, thank you, Scott, for reading the Word of God this morning. Good morning to all of you. Uh, I always uh, have adrenaline on Sunday morning, but a little bit more when I know I'm coming to TCC as well. So it's a blessing to be here, and I look forward to the time that we share together. Uh, Marnie, as I've said before, you just have to get a little more excited when you're up here, eh? Just get a, get a little more fervent. Huh? Good job. Thank you. Well, you, are you up for a little fun this morning? Do you, yes. Do you have access to a piece of paper and a pen? That'll, this will just take a minute. And, uh, if you have a piece of paper, even your Sunday news, write somewhere in capital letters the word heart. Heart. Write it big. This is not a magical trick, by the way. 
Now we're going to do a theological dissection of the meaning of that word heart. I have a bit of a wink when I say that. You can just do this privately. I'm not going to call on anyone, so don't worry. First thing to do is circle the last three letters of the word heart. And what do you have? You have the word art. Now circle the first four letters of the word heart. And what do you have? You have the word here. Now circle the middle three letters of the word heart. And what do you have? You have the word ear. Okay, put it all together. And what do you get? The art of hearing requires ears of the heart. I forced that a little bit, but I think it's going to work. The art of hearing requires ears of the heart. Ears of the heart. Want to know another word? Maybe a new word for your vocabulary? Call it the third ear. Call it the third ear. Jesus was always concerned about the third ear. The miracle ear. The ear of the heart. Uh, the passage before us this morning is, is rather confronting. Uh, we're not just talking about listening. We're talking about listening with the third ear. Listening with the heart. Do you know how to listen with the third ear? The miracle ear is not just a hearing aid, although aren't they wonderful devices uh, inside our first and second ears? The miracle ear is our third ear, which is our heart. For if we only listen and learn with the miracle ear of the heart, we can hear the call of God in our lives. We can hear the call of God to his love and forgiveness. And the third ear will call us today to appreciate this table that is set before us, the bread and the cup and the grace and the forgiveness that is in Christ. Now, in psychology, the third ear is a concept that refers to the practice of listening for the deeper layers of meaning in order to glean what has not been said outright. So you go down a little deeper, we dig a little deeper to hear what is being said. Now, I'm just going to think of it in terms of listening with the heart. Sometimes I have trouble with my two ears. <laughs> my family has diagnosed me with a malady called selective hearing. I guess you could say it, it kind of comes and goes. And I hear what I want to hear. I'm oblivious to everything else that I don't want to hear. It just goes by me. And that affliction seems to uh, be fairly widespread might be in your family as well. But to be a good listener with two ears is a challenge. Now we're adding a third ear. How do we listen with the third ear? Well, we're in chapter 4 of Mark, as Scott read so well this morning. And I'm excited about this passage because we're studying the Gospel of Mark under the theme, Walking with Jesus. And I learned something new this week. There is a place along the Sea of Galilee called the Bay of Parables. I've never, I've never heard that before. I don't know where I've been. You, you probably know. Even Sid doesn't know it. Sid doesn't know it. Nobody knows it. <laughs> 
But I didn't know there was a, a, there was a bay called the Bay of Parables. It's on the northern shore of Galilee, not far from Capernaum. And tradition says that this is where Jesus taught the people as they came in the thousands to hear him speak. How do you talk to 5,000 people without a sound system? Uh, I know I can trust our sound operator this morning to not mute me. Uh, but if he did, I'm in deep trouble. And I would have to strain to be heard. And by the end of the morning, between here and southwest, I probably wouldn't be talking very well any longer. Uh, so uh, here is Jesus. He's talking to uh, thousands of people without a microphone, without a sound system. This little bay of parables... Uh, was awesome in the fact that it created a natural amphitheater with the land sloping gently up a hill. And Jesus uh, was sitting in a boat on the water at the bottom of the slope and just broadcasting up onto this little hill. And according to, to tests conducted by an archaeologist and a sound engineer, a single orator standing in a boat or sitting in a boat anchored offshore could be heard by an audience of several thousand people. Absolutely incredible. Sure was cheaper to do ministry back then. Uh, so once again, Jesus began teaching by the lake shore. A very large crowd soon gathered around him, and he got into a boat, and then he sat in the boat while all the people remained on the shore. He taught them by telling many stories in the form of parables such as this one. Now, I, I want to set the stage for this great story by reminding you of the crowd. Everyone who came to Jesus had two ears. But the sadness of the story is people with the third ear were remarkably few in number. And Jesus knows who's listening. Reminds me of uh, reading the news feeds or Twitter or Facebook. If, if you don't do this, don't worry, you're not missing a thing. Whether it be the election coverage or just last week the, the death of the ISIS leader or whatever it might be, the comments are all over the map and many of them are just filled with hate and name-calling and vitriol. If you're a political leader today, you must soon train yourself not to read all the comments. It would derail you. But realistically, we all need to know that our world is composed of people from many different viewpoints. Some come with earplugs in both ears, and some have no thought of a third ear. And Jesus knew his audience. He knew that in those thousands of people who had gathered, he was speaking to curiosity seekers. He was speaking to people in need of healing or cleansing. He was speaking to people that were zealous to start a revolution, maybe hoping to gather a little bit of support. He was looking for, he was speaking to political malcontents, hoping for economic change. And then he was speaking to a number of Jesus' enemies, the Herodians, the Pharisees, the people who were not very happy. They were called Sadducees. Didn't you learn that in Sunday school? I just want to be a sheep. Ba, ba, ba. Uh, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Ba, ba, ba. Is it on there? Yes, it is. Uh, don't want to be a Pharisee because they're not fair, you see. 
don't want to be a Pharisee, don't want to be a Sadducee uh, because they're so sad, you see. Don't want to be a Sadducee. Well, a lot of people came, and they came with their agendas, and Jesus knew it. And when you understand that the third ear was missing for a lot of the crowd, now you can better appreciate the story that Jesus is about to tell. And I think of this a lot as a person who, regul- uh, who logs a, a lot of hours in preparation and delivery of a sermon. And I kind of go through a checklist each week. I ask myself, is the message too long? Uh, is the message too short? And it's never too short. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Does it have enough stories? Is it clear? Is it accurate? Is it interesting? Is it practical? It's a weekly checklist. Do you have all of those things tucked in there? But you know what? I have concluded that I will never be able to get everyone to hear. I wish I could, but I cannot make people hear. And I'm comforted by the fact that Jesus couldn't either. So what did he do? He called out the elephant in the room. He threw out an interesting parable and he just let it hang. Did it get a good response? I don't know. The, the Bible doesn't tell us. Maybe we, maybe we never get to know the true response until we get to heaven. And then we will gather with the people with the thir- third ear. I mean, you can't see this third ear physically, but it's here. It's in the heart. Now the story. Listen. Farmer went out to plant some seed. As he scattered it across his field, some of the seed fell on a footpath. The birds came and ate it. Other seed fell on shallow soil with underlying rock. The seed sprouted quickly because the soil was shallow, but the plant soon wilted under the hot sun, and since it didn't have deep roots, it died. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up and choked out the tender plants, so they produced no grain. Still others fell on fertile soil, and they sprouted, grew, and produced a crop that was 30, 60, and even a 100 times as much as had been planted. Then he said, anyone with ears to hear, anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. Now, it's a parable. What's a parable? Simple, pithy story, vivid story, designed to illustrate a truth using familiar images or experiences. Uh, a, a parable has more of a, 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 more of a story with a one central theme. Oh, by the way, did you see the first word there in verse 3? It says, uh, listen, listen. Do you know the word occurs 40 times throughout the Gospel of Mark? It's a very key word for Mark. This third ear teaching is foundational. Listen. Oh, listen with your heart. Jesus wanted them to listen with their hearts, so he gave them a parable that if listened to and meditated upon would result in their opening themselves to life. The, the third ear can open to hear. 
It can open. If it's closed, it can open. It doesn't always have to remain closed. Often, there comes a, a, a day by the power of the Holy Spirit. It was true in my life when I was about nine years of age. The power of the Holy Spirit, the third ear opened, and I could see for the first time who Jesus really was. And everything changes. Even on our deathbed, the third ear can open. I always will remember leading a man to Christ. He was in his 70s. He only had a few days to live. And he gave his life to Christ in those closing hours. He prayed a sincere prayer that his heart would be open and receptive to Jesus Christ and invited him to come in. I've got some people in my life, you probably do also, you wonder when that third ear will ever open. What is it going to take? And I just say, keep praying, keep praying. You can't make it open, but you can be an encouragement. You can build a bridge. You can be a servant. You can be someone who makes it easier for that person to hear. So a farmer went out to plant some seed. Now, don't think of... uh, of a modern-day air seeder. Uh, When you read this uh, parable, uh, don't think of it as pulled by a a tractor with air conditioning and an MP3 player and an Alexa in it. And those, uh, those tractors are amazing these days. But think of a man with a a seed bag tied to his waist, walking his field and rhythmically casting the seed. It's called broadcasting. And the seed landed on four types of soil. The pathway, which is very hard soil, that seed is great pickings for the birds. Uh, Feeding the birds is what that amounts to. The second soil is rocky. It's not very deep. It it sprouts quickly, giving you the impression that it's uh, uh, it's, it's, everything is good and we've got a great start and we're on our way. But a fast start and no finish. It quickly wilts under the hot Israeli sun. And then the third soil is filled with thorns and uh, thistles and weeds. And they're so dominant that they choke out the good seed. Can't really even get started. And then the fourth soil is ready, soft, cultivated, deep, rich. And when the seed falls upon it, it's just perfect. It takes root and the return yield can be pretty astounding. Thirty times the amount that you put into the ground, it renders in harvest or 60 times, or even a 100 times. Farmers call that a bumper crop when you get a hundredfold return. Uh, farmers are smiling. And I, I know, growing up on the farm, what farmers like. They like enough rain. They like rain in May, June, July. They don't like too much rain in the month of August. They like sunshine all the way through. They like uh, no hail. Uh, they like a nice dry season to harvest the crop without snow and minus 10 degrees uh, weather. Uh, that's what farmers like. Now, folks, what I want you to see is that that's the story that the people heard. End of parable to the public. That was it. Well, you say, no, there's more to this story. But who was the interpretation directed to in the next verses? The disciples. Not the big crowd. So keep thinking with me here. This is the parable to the public. 
It's a story without the interpretation. What do you think? Do you get it? How's the third year? Do you think some said, well, that's a great story, Jesus. I have no clue what you meant. Do you think some of them got it and it rubbed them the wrong way and they could say, I think you're insinuating something here and I don't like it. I'm never coming back to hear you again. I wonder what they really thought. And Jesus knows his audience. Don't forget that. He knows his audience. And he knows the opposition against him is growing. And he's doing a little culling. The parable will cull some out. Not that Jesus wants everybody to go away. He wants everyone to have a third ear. But he knows his audience. So he's challenging them. Here's the elephant in the room. What do you think of the four soils? What soil are you? Now we're getting a little personal. What soil are you? Jesus didn't actually ask that question. He just said anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. So what the big crowd heard was just the first part, and that was it. Oh, but before he closed, he just said in verse 9, Now anyone with ears should hear this and should understand this. Hey, Mr. Sadducee, did you hear it? Hey, Mr. Pharisee, did you hear it? Hey, Mr. Political Rabble Rouser, did you hear it? Anyone with ears to hear should listen and understand. In other words, if you get the point, awesome. Apply it. And with that, the lesson concluded. Now, don't miss the next word. Later. The story shifts to a time when Jesus and his disciples and some others, I don't know who these others are, were talking to Jesus. Later when he was alone with the 12 disciples and with the others who were gathered around, they asked him what the parable meant. And Jesus says, now you guys, you understand deeper spiritual truth. You are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God. But as he talks to them, he sees some questioning in their eyes. You know, like a, a prof or a teacher can read your students and you know they're not getting it. This is not coming through. Uh, in Scottish universities, students use their feet to let the professor know how they feel or if they're getting it. And if the professor fails to make a point really clear in a lecture, they interrupt by shuffling their feet and they make a noise and that means the professor has to double back and reteach it. Now, don't try that in class tomorrow, students. Your teacher will have no idea what you're doing. He replied, you are permitted to understand the secret of the kingdom of God, but I use parables for everything I say to outsiders so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they see what I do, they will learn nothing. When they hear what I say, they will not understand. Otherwise, they will turn to me and be forgiven. Oh, I understand a little bit of shuffling when it comes to this passage. But it's a reference to the Old Testament, to Isaiah chapter 6, verse 9. And Isaiah was to challenge the people in that day, especially the leaders of Israel, with reverse psychology. You could be forgiven. Your eyes could be open. But you choose not to. 
I mean, it's not that God doesn't want them to have a third ear. It's just that they didn't want to. They were stubborn. They didn't have that desire. It was a problem of the heart and not the head. And the parables were relatively easy for, to comprehend. I mean, they, they just make sense. They're, they're not that hard. But impossible for the rebellious. And that's the point. So Matthew 13 is a great chapter in kind of expanding on what Jesus is saying here. He points out that the condition of one's heart determines its receptivity to truth. Those who receive truth and act upon it receive more. Those who reject truth will ultimately lose the truth and it will be taken away from them. Now think of it this way. Physically, if we fail to exercise a muscle, we will one day lose the use of that muscle. So awesome to watch. When you go to the gym, you, you see 80 and 90-year-olds at the gym. And, uh, you know, they are determined that they're not going to lose their mobility. That they're going to work those muscles. They are determined. And it's the same with our intellectual powers and our mind. If we fail to use our brain, if we fail to use our memory, our mind, will, there will come a time when we will not be able to summon the power of the mind. So God confronts us with this truth. But if we do not positively respond to it, we will lose it. If you make a habit of not responding to the gospel and its truth day after day and week after week and year after year, then that spiritual muscle will weaken. That third ear will become more difficult to respond with real heart listening. It will grow dull. But even the disciples wanted Jesus to elaborate on the parable. So he did. The farmer plants seed by taking God's word to others. The seed that fell on the footpath represents those who hear the message only to have Satan come at once and take it away. The seed on the rocky soil represents those who hear the message and immediately receive it with joy. But since they don't have deep roots, they don't last long. They fall away as soon as they have problems or are persecuted for believing God's word. The seed that fell among the thorns represents others who hear God's word, but all too quickly the message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. And the seed that fell on good ground represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, or even 100 times as much has been planted. So then they say, well, what is the interpretation? Well, the first soil, the seed that fell on the footpath, represents those who hear the message, only to have Satan come and take it away. And that is a snapshot of people who live in a very busy world that never really give a lot of thought to the gospel. And they, they are busy and they have no interest in their heart to be uh, involved in anything of the Lord. No time for anything but me. And Satan comes in and easily picks up the life-giving seed. Here is ground that needs to be broken up. And you have these people in your life and you know them well. And you wonder how that will ever happen. And often the plowing that is needed is some pain or stress or trial 
to soften, to cultivate the hard pathway and make it ready for the truth to take hold. So life's hardships come along and they make us ready. The second soil, the seed that fell on the rocky ground, this is a reference to people who get real excited to receive the Word of God but become very disillusioned. When troubles come their way, they fall away, which means uh, the word means tripping or falling. They fall away. It, it seems attractive at first, but then as time goes on, they, they, they fall away. They maybe somehow anticipated this beautiful sailing from one port to the next and that all would be well, but maybe just weren't really prepared for real discipleship. And then the third soil, the seed that fell among the thorns and the thistles, The seed takes root in the soil and it grows but it finds that it cannot compete in the environment in which it's trying to grow. And it gets starved out. The competition for the heart comes from the tangles of materialism. A pretty attractive world in which we live and the gadgets and the things uh, allure us. And if we're not careful... Our hearts and our minds gravitate to the pleasures of this life. It's easy to accept Jesus into our lives, and he's just another competitor for our time and our energy and our resources and our daily life. And the competition is so fierce that the follower of Christ never grows, never gets the roots down deeply. So Jesus put it on the table all too quickly, The message is crowded out by the worries of this life, the lure of wealth, and the desire for other things so that no fruit is produced. And then Jesus says in John 15 that fruit comes uh, through being connected to the vine. When we're not abiding, we're at huge risk of being choked out. So this is a divided heart, like the uh, heart of the girl to which a young man proposed. He said, darling... I want you to know that I love you more than anything else in the world. I want to marry you. I'm not rich. I don't have a yacht. I don't have a Rolls Royce like Jimmy Brown. But I do love you with all of my heart. And she thought about it for a moment and then replied, she said, I love you too with all of my heart. But tell me more about Jimmy Brown. (laughs) Tell me more about him. Then there's the fourth soil, that the seed that fell on good ground. And this is a heart response. This is, this is the third ear. The third ear is listening with the heart of a person who desires with all of his or her heart to grow and to make a difference in the world. There is a richness of character that follows. There is fruit on the vine. There is love and joy and peace and patience and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control. And friends, that's why we're here. The fourth soil can make such a huge impact on this community. Like Marnie was saying this morning, that if we are just the fruit, we can just go out there and we can connect with our, with our community. That's the call of God upon our lives. I love the sentence I read somewhere, God did not bring us here to watch history happen. He brought us here to make history happen. So, As we close, can I ask you to identify your soil? Where are you in the word picture that Jesus gave us? 
Choose your soil. Are you someone who totally doesn't have any interest in the world uh, about following Jesus? Who is he anyway? Why would I? My life is so full. Things are pretty good. I don't need him. Or secondly, are you unstable, rootless, feeling like you started, but there doesn't seem to be any strength, there doesn't seem to be any grit in my life, and it wouldn't take much to sway me one way or the other. Or are you preoccupied as a follower of Christ? You're filled with anxiety because it's really hard to serve two masters. The happiness of this life with all the 21st century comfort uh, can get distracting. Are you trying to find that peace in the midst of all of the pushes and pulls of life? Or fourthly, are you a growing, contagious, passionate follower of Christ? Not perfect by any means, but you're connected. You're abiding, John chapter 15. And the soil of your heart is soft and flexible uh, so that the Holy Spirit can use you. And you're grateful for His grace. You're hungry for more. Wow. Stay planted right where you are. The table of the Lord is uh, set before us this morning. You know, we really need the third year as we come to the table. We need a listening, receptive heart that says, Jesus, continue to sow your seed in my heart, in my, heart, in my life. So let's stand together as we pray. Lord, we thank you this morning. For that simple parable of old that you told to common folks 2,000 years ago. But your questions are very penetrating to us today to make us ask the question, where are we? And as we come to this table, Lord, we desire that the hard ground be broken up. We desire that your Holy Spirit be free to work in soft pliable ground and we commit our hearts and our lives to you to walk with you and to be faithful to you and we thank you for this table this morning that reminds us lord of your grace and your love and your forgiveness through jesus christ in whose name we pray amen